to episode five of the I Mean It podcast. Uh, whether you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you find podcasts, look for the Revolution Network. You can find the video on the YouTube channel, on Rumble. Like I said, anywhere you see the Revolution Network, you will find I Mean It and you'll find your boy, Bo Cephas. Uh, spitting this hot fucking truth, baby. Gonna uh, dig into the weeds again on another topic. Of course, we've got the draft coming up. Uh, I think we're on about eight days from right now. And I decided this week to tackle the small hands. Um, some people consider it a conundrum in the draft for quarterbacks. I really don't. Uh, the data is pretty clear that I'm going to present to you tonight. And just before I get started, I preface it with this. I didn't come here looking for fumbles. All right? I didn't. But I've seen some pretty ridiculous shit out there on the internet um, that would have you believe that guys with small hands don't fumble as much as guys with bigger hands. And I'm just here to tell you it's not true, and I'm about to show you why. And specifically, I'm bringing this up because we have a quarterback this year in the draft uh, one Kenny Pickett, who has hands under nine inches, which that is generally the death mark by the NFL. If you got hands under nine inches, it's pretty much a no-go. Nine inches and up, all bets are off, right? I mean, nine inches, you think about Jared Goff. You know, he's been to a Super Bowl. He's not great, but he's been to a Super Bowl. But he also has the most fumbles of any quarterback in the NFL since he's been drafted. So, but then you got Joe Burrow, nine inches. He looks pretty fucking good, right? He doesn't fumble nearly as much, about 55% of his game so far. That might sound high right the second, but I promise you it's not. Uh, and he just went to a Super Bowl. So, again, nine inches and up, hey, man, pick your poison. All bets are off. But under nine inches is just a no-go for the NFL. And about to show you why, like I said, I didn't come here looking for fumbles, all right? Uh, I came here to show you why. Kenny Pickett cannot be drafted in the first round. But on my way to that, I just found all this data and I had to present it because, you know, no matter, I don't really start with the premise, but once I start finding stuff, it starts leading me to, you know, what the logical conclusion is. I got to have to present it all because you can't just trust uh, people that put sports numbers out just like you can't trust fucking people that put shit out for politics. Left, right, doesn't matter. They only show you the shit that's going to lead you to be on their fucking side. And if there's Kenny Pickett stands out there, right, or scouts that, you know, think this guy's the greatest thing ever or that he's a first-round grade and they're going to defend their shit, they're going to, you know, try to find or shade their numbers to any way possible to help their case because they're biased and they're fucking liars, we don't tolerate that shit around here, all right? We're just going to tell you the truth. So, getting started, I went back to all the records that we have for Combine, or that I had access to, 
combine history. So that's about 80 since 1987 is how far back I could go. Uh, and I looked at the hand measurements for every player who measured at the combine. What their hand measurements were. And then I focused in on the guys that were under 9 inches. And then those guys that were under 9 inches that got drafted and actually played in the NFL. So, that because that's what Kenny Pickett's going to be, right? He's going to be under 9 inches. He is going to get drafted. And I assume at some point he's going to play in the NFL. Uh, especially seeing as, um, you know, he's thought to be going in the first round. So, in the history of the Combine, again, since 87, there's been 59 players who measured their hands, who did measure, under 9 inches. 59 players. 12 of those have been drafted. So, that's, uh, sorry, I had that written down here. Around That's around 20%. And then, one of those 12 got drafted in the first round. One of 59 guys. That's 1.7%. So, to start off with, to have under 9-inch hands and get drafted, I mean, they're picking the best of the best, at least in their opinion, of that group. And one guy, one guy has been drafted in the first round, and we'll get to him here in a little bit. But, start off with the fumbles. Again, that's not what this podcast is about. However, if your hands are under 9 inches, fumbling is a fucking problem. Right, and that's with again the best of the best of that group. So combined, these twelve guys that got drafted have started two hundred ninety-eight NFL games. They have two hundred and seventeen fumbles between them. That's seventy-three percent of all games that they start, they fumble. Now you might say, okay, well, what does X player do? What does Y player do? So I looked, and if you looked at the person that has the most fumbles ever. In the history of the NFL, it's Brett Favre. Of course, he played for a million fucking years. But he did fumble 166 times, and his hands are like 10 and a half inches. But that's only 55% of his games. So the guy that fumbled the most ever, almost 55%, all these guys, 73%. I couldn't find uh, Warren Moon's hand size because he was next. I did find Kerry Collins. Now, his were 10 inches, and he fumbled 70% of the time. And he was like fourth or fifth on the list. So that's almost up to the 73. That guy. So that one guy, he's pretty close. That's pretty bad fumble, right? Pretty bad fumbling issue. But then John Elway was next. His hands are 10 and an 8. He fumbled 58% of the time. And then Brady, although I always say you got to pretty much take Brady out of everything because he's just better than everybody at fucking everything. His hands were 9 and 3 eighths, I believe, and... He fumbled 41% of the time. And he's like fifth most ever. Of course, he's played for a million fucking years. Of course, he's going to accumulate a lot of stats, good and bad, right? But 41% of the time compared to 73% of the time. Under nine inches, 73%. So, if you're over nine inches on your hands, I, you know, the fumble data, I'm sure it kind of all equals out or whatever. Uh, I mean, again, Jared Goff. Most fumbles since he got drafted, nine-inch hands. But, just like I said, um, dude in Cincinnati, uh, Burrow, you know, he's been around the Favre. He's been right around 50% for his career, the Favre number. So, that's good, man. You know, that's, I mean, obviously that's acceptable. I mean, Brett Favre won a Super Bowl, two-time MVP, you know, 55%. 
Definitely you can live with. Nobody's fucking perfect is my point. So, but you got to get to at least that nine inch. If you don't, it's it's a problem, man. It's just going to be a problem for you for fumbling. Um, and people could say, well, all these other guys with bigger hands have fumbled more than the guys with the smaller hands. Well, I mean, stop to ask yourself, how many guys have been drafted with bigger hands versus guys with smaller hands? All right? Probably more guys have been drafted with bigger hands and smaller hands, just like more guys have been drafted are over six foot than under six foot at the quarterback position. So really, it's just kind of more playing with numbers. It kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, when people try to talk you out of going scuba diving or talk you into going scuba diving. Um, you know, let's say, ah, you're more likely to get bit by a shark, you know, in shallow water than you are out there scuba diving. Yeah, no shit, because that's where all the fucking people are. <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those kind of just misleading stats, but whatever. I'm willing to concede, because I don't, I'm not going to take the time to look all that shit up. If you're over nine inches to whatever, fine, it all equals out. But under nine inches, it obviously does not. It obviously does not. So that brings us to Kenny Pickett. So Kenny Pickett, eight and a half inch hands. Uh, he started... 49 starts in college. He was there for five fucking years because of the COVID, they all got the extra, you know, year, which as they should have, right? But, I mean, this kid's been a bum pretty much his whole career until this last year Then he was first-team All-American. Now that he's like, I don't know, 23, whatever, however old he is. He's played college football for five years. But 49 starts, he's got 38 career fumbles. That's 77.5% in college. That's 4.5% more than everybody else in his hand category that did in the NFL. So, again, didn't come here to start, talk about fumbles, but that doesn't look very fucking good. Um, and only, like I said, 12 guys have been drafted. He's going to be lucky number 13. He is going to get drafted. Will he be the second guy ever, ever drafted in the first round? And we haven't talked about that guy yet, but we're going to. He's very special, near dear to my heart. Let's go over some of the guys that have been drafted other than that one guy in the first round. Um, so there were no guys in the second round. In the third round, you had Peter Tom Willis, drafted by the Bears. Remember that guy? Uh, you had Kevin O'Connell by New England. Never started a game, only lasted one year. You might think, oh, what was that, like back in 88? No, it was like 2007. Like, right in the middle of the dynasty. Which, I want to do a podcast on this. I don't know if I have the energy for it at the moment. Probably should since it's draft time. But it just kind of reminds me, every time I see something about New England in the draft, like, Bill Belichick really sucks ass at drafting fucking football players. I mean, they drafted this dude in, like, 07, 08. You're right in the middle of the fucking greatest dynasty that we've ever seen. And you spent a third-round pick on Kevin O'Connell. He was there for one fucking year, and he never even saw the field. Jesus Christ, Bill. What the fuck are you doing? But Tom Brady, you know, cures all ills and washes all sins. He truly is like the Jesus of quarterbacks. <laughs> all right, uh, Charlie Fry from Cleveland, you know, Akron great. He had some playing time. He definitely had some playing time. He had uh, 23 starts. 
15 fumbles. That's only 65% of the time, so he beat the average. Uh, but he was ranked 31st in DVOA, the one season he qualified for that, and his QBR was a 41. One season he qualified for that. So not a very good quarterback either way. Uh, Tyler Wilson was drafted by Arkansas. He never saw the field. Uh, you've got Jeff Blake. He was the other guy that saw the most field besides Michael Vick. He had 68 fumbles and 100 starts. Quick math tells me that's 68%. A little bit better than the 73, right? Uh, and DVOA-wise, he was actually tied for 10th two different times. So, oh, sorry, tied for 5th two different times. One time, it was the only year he was above average, and that was his Pro Bowl year, 95. So he had one decent year um, as far as a quarterback goes, and he played for quite a long time, but he didn't play very well, right? Didn't play very well. Six-round pick, though. So, you know, you got what you got out of that value. Uh, you got T.J. Rubley. Remember him? No, I know you don't. Uh, John Freeze. Now, probably don't remember that guy either, but he did start 38 games. 38 games in the NFL, and he fumbled 24 times. That's 63%. Again, not very good. Um, Jake Fromm, he started two times already. He's got two fumbles. He's batting a fucking thousand fumbling the ball. <laughs> uh, Brandon Allen, uh, he's actually the best at not fumbling, so he's actually driving the numbers down. Uh, nine starts, only two fumbles for that guy, so that's pretty awesome. And then uh, Steve Matthews, he started one game, had one fumble. That's another, batting a 1,000, batting a 1,000 guy. So for the most part, all these guys are around the same on the fumbling thing. Obviously, it's an average of them. But I didn't, again, I'm done talking about the fumbling thing. Every name I just read off, Steve Matthews, TJ Rubley, John Freeze, Peter Willis, Jake Fromm, Brandon Allen, Reggie McNeil, oh, how could I forget former Aggie great Reggie McNeil? He was supposed to compete with Vince Young for the uh, Big 12 title. That didn't work out. That didn't work out for him. Um, <laughs> and then Jeff Blake, Tyler Wilson, Kevin O'Connell, and Charlie Fry. So that's the list of guys that have been drafted with hands under nine inches. Again, there's no success stories there. There's no success stories. You know, Jeff Blake in the sixth round, decent value. The guy hung around for a long time, backup quarterback. Sure, that's fine. And I would never call any quarterback undraftable, you know, in any round. That's, you never know what could happen. I mean, chances are greater than zero than any of these guys could be the best quarterback ever. They're always greater than zero. There's always a chance. You're telling me there's a chance. But it ain't very fucking likely. So if you want to take a flyer on that kind of guy that late, sure, why not? Go for it. But we're talking about a guy that's going to get drafted, more likely than not, in the first round. So that brings me to the only guy with under 98 chance that's been drafted in the first round, and that's Michael Vick. Now, I have to confess, full disclosure, uh, I was, if there was a bigger Michael Vick fan on the planet than the year 99, 2000, around there, I mean, I didn't meet him. I mean, I thought this dude was the best thing I had ever seen touch a football ever. He was the most electric electric thing I've ever seen on a college field. Uh, I mean, the dude was literally 
you couldn't stop him. Like, you just could not stop him. And he had a cannon for an arm, and I thought, I sincerely thought he was going to come in the NFL and just fucking take it over. I really did. And I was such a big fan of his, you know, when I started digging through these numbers and his advanced analytics, I didn't realize, okay, full disclosure again, I knew he wasn't the greatest quarterback ever. I knew he didn't live up to, you know, my expectations, his expectations, everybody's expectations. I knew that, right? I didn't know he was as bad at playing the quarterback position as he actually was. And again, I was blinded by fandom. I was a lot younger then, and uh, man, I just thought, I, I just can vividly remember that Florida State Virginia Tech National Championship game, and the dude almost beats probably the last great Florida State team that Bowden had, you know, at that university and that story career that, you know, Bowden as a coach. And I know they ended up losing by like, I think they lost by like 17 or something like that in the end. But people forget, man, Virginia Tech was winning the fucking game after the third quarter. Going into the fourth quarter, Virginia Tech had the fucking lead. And Michael Vick was literally a fucking one-man show. He led both teams in rushing. They could not fucking stop him. And he threw for like 230 yards or something like that. Um, but Peter Work was, you know, he was awesome that night too. You know, obviously, I, I think he I think he won the Heisman. I think he won the Heisman. Um Never played in the NFL, obviously, but pretty badass uh, wide receiver. Anyway, um, Michael Vick, though, in that game, when I saw him do like, I'd watched him the whole year, his freshman year, and I was like, golly, this guy's, I mean, he's awesome. And then he got to that game, and they were six-point underdogs. I do remember that against the spread. Um, so it wasn't like they were, you know, favored to win the game. Obviously, Florida State was pretty heavily favored. But, dude, he almost beat them by himself. I don't think there was another NFL player on his team. That, I think he had a receiver, Jared, or something like that. I can't remember. So I think, like, number 88, for some reason, sticks out in my head. But either way, the dude was amazing. He got to Atlanta. I was so excited to watch him play. He didn't play much his first year, but then he got in the second year. And, man, that fucking that Minnesota game – it was a fucking, it was a Sunday afternoon game because I was sitting in some Mexican food restaurant somewhere, just got done golfing. And I was sitting there watching the game with my dad. And when he fucking split, when he split those fucking defenders and they literally hit it like a goddamn cartoon, they hit each other. And he's gone for the fucking game winning touchdown. Like, it's like this dude is fucking unbelievable. Oh. And I love watching that dude play. Anyway, I say all that to say, not just to go down memory lane, I loved Michael Vick. I didn't know his hands were eight and a half inches. I didn't know that that fucking meant anything. I didn't know he was the only guy that ever got drafted. But he got drafted because he was literally the most phenomenal athlete anybody had ever seen at the quarterback position. And he did have a fucking cannon for an arm. He didn't know where the fuck it was going half the time, but he had a cannon for an arm. <laughs> and he had success because he was so gifted. In the NFL, four-time Pro Bowler, comeback player of the year. I think he's still the only dude to sign not one, but two $100 million contracts. Uh, maybe not now because the money's getting crazy with some of these quarterbacks. Maybe maybe uh, Rodgers did it now. Maybe, I don't know. But at one time, he was that guy, and that was way before people were signing for that kind of money. Uh, but if you look into his analytics, like I said, they're not great. His career QBR is a 47.69. 
Uh, and that stat's been kept since 2006. He doesn't own even just, not even one of the top 50 all-time QBR seasons. Not even one. And you might say, well, who does? Well, Matt Schaub does. Case Keenum does. David Garrard does. And everybody's favorite ginger to whip on, Carson Wentz does. <laughs> but Michael Vick does not. Not even one. Uh, his career, EPA plus CPOE is a .072. Now, I pulled every quarterback from 99 to 2001 because that's all the data there is on that stat. So just to get, you know, a time glimpse of, you know, a couple years before he came into the league, all the way through his career, and now into modern football, so just kind of that time capsule. He ranks 54th all-time in that metric. He's tied with Tyrod Taylor and Tua, who is everybody's favorite Hawaiian whipping boy these days. <laughs> uh, he's one tick above Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he's one tick below Jared Goff. The aforementioned Jared Goff. Again, everybody says hands didn't matter with him. He's 53rd in that stat. He got kicked out of town, brought in a quarterback, won a Super Bowl where he couldn't, and he's got the most fumbles since he came in the league. But hand size doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, DVOA. So DVOA is a little bit more of an extreme uh, category because they're, you have to have minimum 200 attempts. So a lot of guys have, you know, a lot some of their seasons that don't qualify injury you know being benched whatever it is like you just have seasons not as many seasons qualify as you can qualify in you know qbr doesn't matter how many snaps you know you take they give you a grade um so he had seven gradable seasons in his career he only had three that were in positive numbers three his career DVOA is a negative 6.42, which last season would have ranked him between Davis Mills and Tyler Heineke, Heineken, whatever. Uh, I always call him the skunky German beer, but somebody pointed out to me it's like from the Netherlands or something. I don't fucking know, okay? I don't fucking know. It's a shitty beer. I, I don't drink it. It sucks. And I love beer, as you guys know. I fucking love all kinds of beer. That beer sucks. And so does fucking the quarterback, Heineken, Heineke, whatever the fuck his name is. And that's exactly where Michael Vick would rank. Davis Mills and Heineke. And if you want to talk about the fumbles, he had 98 and 115 starts. That's 85% of all his starts. He fumbled. And 98 is 19th most all time. And he is, did not start enough games to be really top 20 all-time on fumbles. He just fumbled 85% of the fucking time. That is a lot. But having said all of that, and all those advanced analytics, and obviously Michael Vick is far from one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. He's far from even an average quarterback. He's not even average. He's below average for his career as an NFL quarterback. But that dude, because he was so spectacularly just God-gifted, still made four Pro Bowls, right? Still had, I think he had at least one. I know he had one playoff win in Lambeau, at least one, maybe two. Um, you know, he still hung around the league, got paid a lot of money. 
because he was that spectacularly gifted that his small hand size didn't stop him from playing, but he wasn't any good, right? And you can forget the fumble stuff. Say he never fumbled one time. doesn't matter. He still wasn't good. He was not good. And that dude was fucking generationally special. He made NFL athletes look like me. <laughs> out there trying to do something. He made them look like average-ass people. That's how special that dude is. Now, if you look back at all the other guys I mentioned, not special in any way, not memorable in any way, not even worth really mentioning if I wasn't doing this podcast. So let's flash forward to Pickett. And again, I, I think the young man is draftable. I definitely would draft him at some point. I surely would not do it in the first round. If the best athlete I've ever seen in the NFL, maybe up to, I mean, we could say Lamar or whatever this is, this generation's Michael Vick. Mark Lamar throws a better ball than Michael Vick did, though, let's be honest. Uh, and he gets criticized all the time for throwing the ball. And Michael Vick wishes, if Michael Vick threw as well as Lamar Jackson did, he might have been fucking. Uh, he might have been Tom Brady. He might have, he might have really have taken over the over the whole fucking world. Who knows? Uh, but he doesn't. Is that because of his hand size? I don't know. But I know anybody with his size hands has never been successful. He's the most successful person that's ever done it. And at the end of the day, he was below average. So the most spectacular athlete, the the best one to ever do it at that hand size, still below average. So now we got Kenny Pickett. So again, big bag of nothing for his entire career until this last year. Great season, first-team All-American, uh, great year at Pitt. But, I mean, he had four years at college to kind of catch up to speed, which means he should have been way ahead of, you know, where he was at. And his conference had a really bad down year, and he took advantage of it, so kudos to him. But he's not special at anything. And I haven't heard one scout say that he is. He doesn't have special arm talent. Like, if he had... Mahomes, you know, or or Josh Allen, or one of these guys' arm talent. And I say, hey, I know his hands small, you know, not very athletic, but good lord, can that kid sling it? Probably take a chance, you know, take a chance like Michael Vick. But he doesn't, and he can't. So I'm left with nothing special, and I've got this huge fucking albatross hanging around his neck with these tiny hands that have never been successful ever, ever in the history of the NFL. And this guy's going to be the guy? This, this is the one you're betting on? This is, the, this, is, this is the fucking unicorn that everybody's been waiting on to see? See, I told you small hands don't matter. I shed it. <laughs> Oh, my God. You fucking sports Karens are something else. You're something else. You just ignore data. And I was talking to a buddy of mine who, uh, you know, he's on the radio. He's got a, he's got a number one sports uh, show in a top five market, 100,000-watt signal. He can affect a lot of people. And I was trying to, like, talk sense into him about this and he doesn't want to believe it either which means you know he he could spread a lot of good stuff or he could spread a lot of ignorance 
I hope he chooses wisely, right? It's going to be like that scene in the fucking uh, Last Crusade where he, he chose poorly. <laughs> and that's going to be any team that picks Kenny Pick in the first round. They chose poorly. Mark my words, whatever. I'm doing this podcast. This podcast is going to be here. So if, if the dude turns out to be the next fucking Aaron Rodgers and I look like an asshole, I look like an asshole. I'll come on here and say, hey, fucking whiffed on that one. But if you're telling me that, you know, it's either follow all the fucking data in the history of the NFL or throw my lot in on this guy to be the fucking unicorn, on this fucking guy. Like, if Mahomes' hands were eight and a half, you know, again, I'd say, ah, man, I love it, but goddamn, look at him throw that ball. You're not saying that. We can, nobody's saying that. We can, like, nobody is saying that. So now you just have an unspecial quarterback with tiny hands. I mean, say it out loud. Why would you draft that in the first round? I, I don't know. That it, it, It's beyond me. I, I can't figure it out. It's one of those things where I, you know, I mean, I've said it before. Some people like fucking strawberry ice cream. I don't fucking know what's wrong with you people. <laughs> oh, I don't give a shit what kind of ice cream you like. I don't give a shit if you like Kenny Pig. If you want to draft in the first round, say he's going to be the greatest quarterback ever. You do you. That's not my job to tell you what to think or what to like or what to love. You do you, baby. If you like it, I fucking love it. So each their fucking owner don't make me any difference. All I'm here to do is present you the data to hopefully help you make better choices. But at the end of the day, if you've got a line of ice cream and you've got chocolate and vanilla and you still choose strawberry... Then you know what? You made your choice. You made your choice. <laughs> I don't know why I hate strawberry ice cream so much. It's just I don't know how you can like strawberry ice cream though. So I don't know. I'm confused both ways. But anyway, uh, that's about all I got for you tonight, boys and girls. Uh, don't draft quarterbacks with under nine inch hands. They don't work out in really any round. Kenny Pickett. I mean, you could draft him wherever. I would not draft him in the first round. Again, that's just what the data. It's just the history of football. I'm just, I'm just paying attention to the history of football. That's it. You know, such a flimsy argument. I know. I don't even know why I came on here to do this. <laughs> All right. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, please tune in next week. I don't know exactly what the top's gonna be. I'm gonna try to keep it around draft. I might veer off left into something else. I don't know. But what I do know is you can find this podcast. You can find FGH. We got our draft podcast coming next fucking week, baby. Oh, and oh, the tea time has been set. The tea time has been set for Thursday. Oh, it's the annual just long. Like, I'm going to whip Longhorn harder at golf than I just kick the shit out of everybody that said small hands on quarterbacks don't matter. <laughs> oh, man. We got the FGH podcast coming, draft podcast, football of freedom. Longhorn's coming at you with that. We still have the Bastards of Babylon. It is on deck. I know. Everybody's waiting. We're getting it together. We're getting our shit together, people. All right? Give us a fucking minute, would you? <laughs> all right. That's it. That's all I got. Um, and until next time, just know I'm thinking of you. <laughs> if I ever said I'm never scared.